Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast, we celebrate the podcast's first anniversary by flipping the seat as today's host, Keisha Pittman-McKinney, alumna, blogger, social media guru, and chair of Washita's Alumni Advisory Board from the class of 2004, interviews me. I know it's weird to be on the other side of the mic, but here we go. We talk memorable moments from one year of the podcast, what's new at Washita, and I share my own Fast Fave Fives. We hope you enjoy this look back and a little look forward into things here at the queen of the college world. All right, Keisha Pittman-McKinney, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, or I guess maybe you should welcome me. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be super fun today. We're going to flip the seat and have a fun conversation about the podcast and about you and Washita, which who doesn't, we just love it, right? All the things. Not to love, right? <laughs> right. What's not to love? So you want me to just jump in and take over? Is that yeah. What you're going yes, with it's, it's all <laughs> okay. Over. Well, it has definitely been a fun year, John, just hearing Washita's story told over and over through alumni um, as the Tiger for Life podcast has rolled out. And so today it would just, I just thought it would be fun. And I reached out and said, Hey, why don't we flip the seat and let's talk about you and your story, but also talk about the podcast and OSF and some of the great things happening with alumni. So let's just start off and maybe give um, the listeners just a little bit of your story about Washita. Why did you, how did you come to Washita and what that background was as a student? Yeah, sure. So, you know, grew up in Southwest Missouri and, uh, you know, had never heard of Washita at all and was dead set on going to Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar after a bunch of other random schools I thought looked fun in Campus Life magazine or whatever it was. I, I was like, I'm going to Azusa Pacific. I don't even know what that is. Or uh, there was one in like Grand Rapids. I don't know. I just was like anything with a cool logo. I thought I want to go there. <laughs> and I landed on Bolivar and was kind of dead set on it. It was close by. I'd been to camp there a few times. And uh, one day some friends were going to a college fair and you could get a note to get out of school. If you'd go to this mm. college fair, like eight minutes away from, from our hometown. I think it was Monette, Missouri. And I was like, I already know where I'm going, but let's just go for fun and I'll get free stuff at all of the tables, you know, right. So go to this college fair. And I went to talk to the SBU folks. I was like, I'm going to school there. And um, I asked them a question about scholarships and they're like, well, do you play sports? And I said, no, <laughs> I don't. And they said, then, I mean, you're not going to get much money and we're really not that interested. And I, I mean, I was just like, what? kind of shocked. And so I said, Oh, okay. And just kind of wandered off. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll just look at schools. And I just saw the Washtaw table and the pencils. And I thought that (laughs) is the weirdest name I've ever seen. I'm going to steal that because that's funny. And so I just reached my hand over and grabbed that pencil and Heather Spruill said, Hey, Mm. what are you doing? (laughs) She goes, you know about Washtaw? And I was like, I don't owe you a cheetah is what I thought it was. And she said, no, it's Washtaw, honey. And she flipped her business card over and she spelled out Washtaw like phonetically uh-huh. and uh, gave that to me. And she said, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, I don't know. And she said, <laughs> we got Tiger Tunes this weekend. You, you've you got to be here. You, you know, she's like, do you, do, do you sing? Do you do music? I said, oh yeah, that's like all I do. And she said, you need to be here. I'll pay your gas if you'll come down here. And I, I thought, love it. what in the world? And so 
I went home, told my dad, I need to borrow the Cadillac. He's a banker, this giant <laughs> Cadillac. I said, I need to borrow the car to drive to Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And he was like, what in the world? He gave me the keys to his fancy Cadillac. I drove Highway 7 all the way from Missouri. It took oh. forever because I kept stopping and being like, that's pretty. You know, <laughs> like that's beautiful. <laughs> and I guess growing up in Missouri, I always just thought Arkansas was just like flat and ugly. I don't know. I had no idea what Arkansas looked like. And so I drove over the border and it was just like beautiful everywhere. I got here and my ticket, it was called PLF at the time. Now it's mm-hmm. Explore my ticket was on the front row. And when the curtain opened, I was like, done. Like I'm going here for sure. And I called my dad, you know, on a wall phone, we didn't have cell phones and was like, I'm going to school here. He's like, you're insane. Like, there's no way no one's ever heard of that. And uh, so he came back with me in a few weeks and toured. And he's like, if I could have gone to school here, I would have, I didn't even know what this was, you know, and uh, just had a really great experience. I'm a Yankee from Missouri. So people stopping you and being like, Hey, how are you on this on the sidewalk? My dad and I both were like, "What is happening? What, <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> what is this place?" And uh, yeah, so just kind of fell in love with it. And um, you know, I credit Heather Spruill to like so much of my life for stopping me at that table when I was just going to steal the weird name pencil and take off. So yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Jason Greenwich was that for me, and it's the same kind of thing. Like I remember in the cafeteria meeting him and that conversation coming to campus and. And you're just like hooked. And when your parents are hooked before you are, it's kind of like the money flows. It's always fun to to do that. That's really cool. So tunes is what hooked you. It sounds like kind of yeah. all of your interests. And-, and everybody being so friendly and the campus being so pretty. I mean, it was a lot of things, but I remember taking the program home from tunes and all the pictures of the host, you know, it was like Karen Wood and all these people at Matt Buffalo. I thought they are famous, you know, like, it's such a big deal. And I would show all my friends at school. And then when I got to school in the fall, I was, I made Washtaw sounds and I was in the room. I was in the group with Aaron and Matt Buffalo and I couldn't even look at them. I was like, they're too famous. <laughs> like I can't even handle it, you know? And now it's such a fun part of my job to work with tunes and all these, you know, hosts and things. So yeah, I just thought they were like the coolest thing in the world. And I did like that it was unique. A lot of people didn't know it. So I carried my view book to school and was like, look at the beautiful place I'm going, you know, (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. the best ever. So. So true. Well, um, I, I I mean, you and I are friends and so much of my Washta story involves you. And so like, it's just crazy to hear that and think, I can't imagine Washta without John Merriman. And I know students there now would feel that way about you guys. And so um, kudos to Heather. We'll just say it that way. (laughs) Kudos to Heather. (laughs) Well, um, we'll talk a little bit later about some of your things at Washita as a student, but kind of after Washita, what did that look like? Because you're now back on campus. So maybe give us a little bit of the in-betweens and um, what brought you guys back. Yeah, I was uh, really feeling a call to ministry when I was here and, um, you know, stuck my toe into the world of youth ministry, did centrifuge camp um, after my senior year and really felt like I was going into full-time youth ministry and, you know, op- went through some open doors. They closed before I could, you know, get a job. And so really, you know, had this church in, in Monroeville, Alabama, that I really thought, like, this is the deal. I'm moving here. My car's loaded. Let's go. They changed their mind, wanted somebody with seminary experience. And I was pretty devastated. You know, I, I went home. I didn't want to move back home. I left my car loaded and just kind of sat there depressed. And, um, the first call I got was my friend uh, Alice Wooten Holt, 
and she said, you know, I'm working for Janet Pascal. And she said, can you come run lights? And I'm like, I have no idea how to run lights. She said, we're leaving from Tennessee. It's about, you know, seven or eight hours where you are. And we're leaving in nine hours. And I was like, oh, sure. Car's packed. You know, so drove <laughs> to Tennessee, went on the road for a weekend with Janet Pascal on this tour, had the best time ever. And uh, after that, she was like, I want you to stay on the road. But she didn't have a job for me. And so I said, that doesn't really make sense. And uh, one of her, the folks she worked with said, there is a job open at Brentwood Benson Music Publishing in Nashville doing like church music marketing. Um, maybe you can interview for that. I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And interviewed for that and got that job, moved to Nashville and was in the music business for about a year. And that's when Centra Kid called and said, we're starting a children's camp version of Fuge and we can't find anybody that can preach to these kids. Like, will you consider coming this summer. And I watched the video over and over and over and was like, no, I don't like being dirty. I don't like being sweaty or hot. And these kids are like throwing shaving cream around. That's my nightmare. But I really felt like that's what God was telling me to do. So I asked for a leave from my music business job to go do camp and then never came back. I called and was like, I got a job at Lifeway. I'm working for camp full time. And it just kind of went from there. So from there, it was just a lot of children's ministry gigs, you know, got a job at Brentwood Baptist, like huge church in Brentwood as an associate there, loved it, got a lot of great experience and then helped plan a church in the movie theater in, in Franklin, Tennessee, which was also awesome. Um, through those church experiences, I found a love for missions, especially in Moldova and Eastern Europe. So went there 20 times to Moldova, um, you know, Emily and I adopted our son, Dennis, from there and just spent a ton of time there. And that's what drove me to work full-time for Sweet Sleep, building beds for orphans in Moldova. Um, and that's what I was doing when Emily's dad passed away, which led us back to Arkadelphia, where she's from, to help take care of her mom. And that's where we are. And I came here still working for my Nashville job. Emily came here looking for a job. And uh, we just knew we needed to be closer to family. And I told everyone at Washtaw, my the job that's perfect for me is alumni, but it will never open up. You know, right. Warren Land was doing it and killing the game. She was amazing at this job. And I thought her husband's a pastor. I mean, they're never going anywhere. And then she calls me and she's like, hey, I'm leaving. You know, I'm going to change jobs to career services. Would you want my job? And it just, I mean, I, I walked up to Dr. Cluck in like jeans and a t-shirt said, can I have that job? He's like, yeah, sure. So it just was totally yeah. a God thing. It was the way that it orchestrated and you know, I've been here almost 10 years now. So it's been, it's been great. Yeah. You have had a great team of predecessors that kind of have set you up and set just a long legacy of engagement. And, and also though, I think they've all set a precedent of like changing as, as times change. And so I think it's really cool to hearing you talk about that transition from Lauren to you, you know, that was about bringing the fun, but you know, it really has kind of change does each role has changed with each person and what our alumni needs are and and what people expect so um it's kind of fun to think about that legacy but what a cool story like I love that you're just kind of always palms up to say what's next and why not try this a car loaded and <laughs> I mean isn't that every like grad's dream I'm sure it, it um maybe we need to have like Dr. Sells add that to the next like commencement address like Hey, load your car. You'll never know, you know, where you end up. It's kind of a, a fun thing to just think the journey and the road that gets us where we are. 
Yeah, I, I heard Phil Vischer speak one time and he said, you know, where I am in, in five years from now, that's none of my business. Like that's that's God mm-hmm. and what he wants for me. And that's just how I've kind of lived. Like, you know, I love my job right now and I would tell you right now, I'll do it till I retire so I can be alumni director emeritus and, you know, bury me <laughs> under crown bottoms and that's my best life. But it's really just like, what does God have for us today? And that's where I want to be, you know. Such a good word. I love that. What? Where I am in five years is not a plan. That's, yeah. that's so good. That's God's plan. Well, tell us, um, I know like we were just talking about legacy and, and predecessors, but w- just so people know, like kind of what all currently just falls under some of your responsibilities at Washita and whether it's alumni or it's just the role that John Merriman has, what do those things look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, came on as director of alumni relations. It's kind of changed names here and there, but um, wasn't full-time but was getting more and more kind of things added to my role. So in alumni, you know, obviously it's a lot of event planning, but when I told Phil Harden, I feel like my whole job is events. He's like, don't sell yourself short. There's so much more, you know, in, in engagement and the way that you do, you know, different things and write and all this. So, you know, while I love homecoming, gold tigers, uh, young alumni meetups, all of those events are fun. Uh, this year has really taught me that it isn't all I do because we couldn't do any of those things. Um, so I, I love doing events and and connecting with people. Um, I love cheerleading alums on social media. I mean, I always tell people if, you know, if anything has happened in your life, I want to tell somebody about it. If it's mm-hmm. exciting, you know, like it doesn't have to be, you're the new president of a bank. I mean, it, you know, anything that is new and exciting or you've, publish an article out there. You've been mentioned in the magazine somewhere. You know, I want to be able to tell other people how amazing our alums are. So I feel like that's a big part of what I do. Um, Other than that, you know, I work with communications on the circle magazine, which is always a a fun job. And then OSF has just become a really big part of my job. Uh, You know, I was three quarters time here, basically Uh, OSF was put into my job as a volunteer kind of deal. And then worked into a full-time position now where I do both of those and it's full-time and OSF takes a lot of time and dedication, but it's so worth it working with the students to pull off tunes and tracks and raise money and mentoring students. It's just become a really great fun part of my job that at sometimes is almost all I do. And then like right now, everybody's (laughs) gone and they're all at home. And now I'm frantically trying to plan homecoming because I have time where I'm not mentoring, you know, student leaders and have a hundred plus OSF kids to, to really invest in. So. Now, am I right that kind of the idea for this podcast came out of some conversations or training at OSF meeting, like at OSF, like conferences, or was that more like an alumni thing? Like what did that, this birth out of that OSF thing or, or is it, is it something greater on the alumni side? So really it was from um, the CCCU. So the council for Christian colleges and universities, they have a big conference every year. And uh, I was in the alumni track and learning from people. Lauren Land actually is the one who got me connected with it because she was doing alumni relations at Letourneau. And she said, it's in California. It's so fun. You need to go. And I'm always up for a party. We weren't even members. Watch. I wasn't a member of CCCU. And so I had to get the non-member rate. It's kind of embarrassing, but mm-hmm. you know, went out there and learned so much. And um, now we're members of, of CCCU. I'm on the alumni commission and really plugged in there. Dr. Sells was plugged in at his previous university and really has a passion for the organization. So 
we were out there and uh, this person from Seattle Pacific had the, had a podcast and she led a, a class on it. And I mean, I was like, this is awesome. Her main thing was, you know, we, we really strive for alumni engagement and you can have 35 young alums at a, at a cookout or at a restaurant, or you can have thousands of people hear your alumni stories on a podcast. And I thought that makes a lot of sense. It also doesn't cost a ton of money. You know, you just get an alum to give you an hour and you, you know, you have their story out there for forever for people to hear. So um, I said, you know, that's great. I will never have time to do that because of all the things I have going on with alumni relations and OSF. uh, I thought there's no way. And so pandemic hits and I thought, okay, Chris Babbitt started a podcast here. And I said, I don't know how to do this. You know, will you tell me how I think I could probably, you know, do this now. I have plenty of time. Um, he taught, he was trying to teach me how to use the podcasting studio. It sounded way too complicated. So I called Candace Payne and I'm like, Hey, I want to do a podcast. I don't want to run a board. I don't know what that is. You know, I have to have some kind of card I stick in it. I don't know. And so he was like, dude, just do it on zoom. That's what I do for mine. And so I did a practice podcast with Monica, uh, Harden, which I was just going to not use, but then it was kind of fun. So we put that out there as great. And, uh, Yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect or how many to plan. I told Emily, I said, I think I'm going to do one a week. And she, you know, she was like, are you sure you can do that? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to try it. And she said, well, I guess what else are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing. So um, luckily I had a lot of people say yes. No no one's told me no, you know, everybody's willing to just sit down for a little bit. So it's been great. Yeah, it was really a great pivot. And, um, just a, a creative thing when the pandemic hit. And um, I know you were also just trying to figure out how do you keep connected to folks when we're disconnected. Um, and I love it because it's it's really been a fun year to listen to these stories. And I think often we hear, um, and I just call them the famous alumni, you know, there's kind of that top five, whether it's recruiting or, you know, you always tell the stories. And this has been really fun to hear. Um, I'm just going to call them everyday alumni. You know, you've had a mix of all kinds of folks and um, it's been fun to hear some of those stories. So like, what are your, what were your goals maybe? And maybe up front you were just, I'm going to do something because I'm sitting here, but as you've gone online, like what were, what were maybe some of your goals or dreams with this podcast, even at the conference and, and as you've kind of morphed this process this year? Yeah. You know, I really did want to engage some, you know, everyday alumni and, and tell their stories. We talk about that at alumni board meetings, you know, where, you know, you hear about point of grace all the time, but what about this pastor? Or what about this story? And um, so I really wanted it to be a mix of people from different backgrounds. And of course, some of my favorite ones have been, you know, some of these, uh, you know, alums, everybody knows, uh, but then it's been great hearing other stories too. So really I thought for a long time, I'm going to try to do one a week and still try to keep that up. Um, I think Seattle Pacific does one every two months, you know, not a ton of them. And you got to be where, you know, one a month is probably a good safe goal when I'm doing everything else, you know, but, um, and then if I do more, great, but it's been a really busy April, May as folks are starting to get back going. And so I have some uh, people in the hopper that I want to talk to. It's probably going to be like a summertime. They may be on the beach on the, on the call, but you know, uh, so I'm looking forward to getting some other people on there, but really it's just been, I feel like as many stories as I can tell, it's more than we heard the day before, or, you know, so I'm just trying to not stress too bad about it, 
but also just be able to put out some content there that people would enjoy. Yeah. And that's, what's fun. I mean, Washtenaw alumni are everywhere. And so to just, you know, capture their story um, in whatever field they're working in that, I mean, that really is kind of what is special about the connection here. And, and I almost feel like sometimes as I've listened, it's, even though it's not my same experience or my same decade or whatever, you can kind of hear your story in those folks that you're interviewing. And I always get chills. I've texted you that I've cried, you know, like it's, it's, it is really special to just hear people that you automatically have a connection with just because you've shared that same acreage in a college experience. So um, maybe what have been some of your highlights then? Like, I'm not making you pick a favorite. It's like picking your favorite child, but like what have been some of the highlights or things you've learned or things that have stood out in the, in the conversations you've had? Yeah. Fast Fay fives. Everyone always says, don't make me pick that. It's like picking my favorite child, but um, I don't know. There've been so many great conversations and moments where I thought that was just really like fun or special. Um, you know, I think the first one out of the gate with Candace, who is a podcasting pro just to like help me get comfortable with the process. You know, I was really nervous and I didn't know how to use garage band. I mean, learning all of these skills and trying to figure it out. I still, I was telling a coworker yesterday, now that we can be back in person, I don't know how to do this. If the person was mm-hmm. here, I can, you know, they're like, well, zoom's not broke. You can keep doing it. Um, but there's still so much to learn that I could, I need to figure out how to do it in the podcasting studio. And that would be, you know, good. But Candace was so, you know, hilarious and warm and and welcoming and encouraging when I didn't know what I was doing. Um, hearing the story uh, from Bearcat, you know, that episode mm-hmm. about his time playing football at Washita was just so enlightening and uh, encouraging and, you know, was a difficult time for some in, in Washita's history. So hearing stories, you know, of, you know, not being able to eat in a restaurant with the team and the coach saying, well, the team's not going to eat there then. And, um, you know, all these kind of stories of really Washita's, you know, racial, you know, relations past and stuff it has really been uh, just really enlightening and uh, just helps me kind of understand that time in Washita's history. Vanilla Hannah talking with her after yeah. the George Floyd protest was one of my favorite things. I mean, she is amazing anyway. And, you know, had mm-hmm. was uh, singing that night at that protest and Dr. Sells had spoken. It was just like, this beautiful experience and to be able to debrief that together was so great. Um, of course, anytime I can talk to point of grace, it's my best day. Right. <laughs> um, that was just a, a, a blast. I mean, I, I really enjoy talking to them anytime I can, but that was really fun on the podcast when they break into singing a Washington song or something. And then I think the moment I interviewed Barrett who, I mean, we're good friends. We were in the right. podcast together. We're, you know, we're, good friends. And when he sang his song at the end of that, I thought this is a really special thing. I mean, he's, you know, six hours away and we can record this and share this right. with alumni who can, you know, connect with him. So um, just a lot. Blake Ligon. I mean, I could hear him talk forever. I just right. like, he's just so dynamic and such, you know, a fun person anyway. So I think, you know, there's been lots of great moments that I've really enjoyed, but every time I get off the podcast, it has to like render or something. The zoom call has to do something before it sends me the file. And I always run across to admissions. And I'm like, y'all, you wouldn't believe who I just talked to and this story and this story and this story. Um, every time I run over there to tell them about what I've heard. Yeah, I think I loved, um, you mentioned, I love Bearcat's story. I, there's, I actually was standing in line for my COVID shot and the guy 
in line in front of me here locally at a, like a walk-in was just, I overheard him say something about Washita. And so we started talking, he played football at Washita in the eighties and I was able to share with, he played for, for coach Benson. And, um, you know, I just shared that link to that with him while we were standing in line. And he was like, I'm going to, he was headed to Dallas and he was like, I'm going to listen to this right now. And I think you're right. Like totally different decades, but shared experiences and, um, hearing Blake and Barrett both just talk about like some of the mentors on campus and people who cared for them during like difficult times and walk them through that. It was, it was really special to just hear. Um, it was so much more than just where they are now. It was so much about like the people mm. at that place. That's so special to us. Washed you know, and cared for them. So it was really, um, those were goosebump moments for me too, kind of going through. Yeah, you know, Julio Pruitt was a fun one because I don't know yes. anything about football, not one thing. And Chris Babb you know, <laughs> tried to give me some pointers on questions to ask because I'm like, I don't know anything about football. And, you know, now his journey has led him here. He's coaching football here. I don't know if you knew that path. No. So he's been here and, you know, graduated and came up and introduced himself. And so they're planning to be here for a few years. And that's been really fun to have him on campus, but like just a solid, great guy. And, you know, didn't make me feel weird for not knowing anything about football when I'm like, so what is a practice squad and what does this do? You know, so <laughs> how is that different from <laughs> travel squad? Yeah. He's very patient with me in all those questions, but that was a fun one too. Well, in the academic side, you know, you mentioned Chris a couple of times, but I mean, athletics has added a podcast. There's, there were several on campus launch. And so it was kind of cool to just see, Washta really put out some new messaging and use this platform for communicating um, probably something. I mean, I, I would assume that they're the same thing. They're using an academics and learning, but it was, hey, we've got some extra time on our hands. We're having to learn to communicate differently. And um, it did really give a, a neat opportunity for um, for just communication, even in those different departments and seeing you guys spread your wings. Yeah. And I think we'll interview some, you know, faculty at some point and do some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people wanted to kind of take over the podcast for different things. And and I've kind of found this this format that I really liked and, you know, really protected it and said, I, I like it like this. I like a conversational story. I don't want to get into something deep and academic in that I'll do something else. But this is really the format that I love. Um, but at the same time, like if we can hear from some faculty that people have really enjoyed. I think I've been doing some little series like back to school with Kelly stamps and some teachers and things. And so I think some faculty moments will be coming, you know, in in the future. So. That's cool. Well, have you felt like in your conversations, there's been any like consistency or like all alums are always kind of coming back to this or, um, you know, they describe Washington in a similar way. Was there any like consistency or standouts for you in that regard? Yeah, I feel like almost everyone has, you know, faculty or um, other people on campus that really invested in them and it made a difference for their, you know, life and career. So that's been really fun to hear who made the difference for you. You know, hearing Bearcat say, you know, the people in the cafeteria were so welcoming. They were family to me and to hear people in the dorms and, you know, the dorm parents and stories like that. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, you learn a lot in the classroom. It's a beautiful campus, but at the end of the day, it's the people that you're building relationships with that, that, you know, help make the experience great and make you want to stay and finish your degree 
and connect with Washtenaw after, you know, you graduate. So I've enjoyed hearing the stories of, you know, which faculty member, what classes really, you know, impacted you, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's been fun because some of them were surprising because they weren't necessarily like in their major or their advisor. You know, that was really kind of fun to just hear. It's it's like you said, it's who made them feel special and who poured into their life and remembered them. So um, let's kind of switch gears a little bit and talk just in alumni area. I think this would be a great chance to just have you share from your perspective. Um, so 2021, we're in the middle of the year. You've graduated another class. Um, had a successful semester all in. That was really a big accomplishment, but kind of just fill us in what's going on in the alumni office right now and and what's happening 2021 into the summer and planning for fall. Yeah, so things are very quiet. All of our student workers have left. All the students have left, which is a little bit sad, but I do get better parking spots. So I enjoy that (laughs) for a few months. You remember those days um, being here, but um, yeah, it's just super quiet. Um, went over to archives this morning to uh, talk to them about a project I'm working on. And it was actually like hopping over there. There were people doing research and things, which was fun. Um, But yeah, as far as alumni stuff, uh, we are going to be able to have a traveler's game again. Um, So that's on July 9th. And so looking forward to that. Uh, We're trying to get a a Northwest Arkansas game going. They're just not quite as far along as the Travs. I mean, I think (laughs) Travs have a huge staff. They've been, you know, waiting to be able to reopen and the Northwest folks are still a little bit behind the ball. They're not sure if they can open a buffet quite yet. So um, we'll, we'll get some more games going. Uh, Probably go back to the Rangers game next year there. I think they're at full capacity, still a little bit nervous about that, even though I'm sure it's fine and we're outside, but I'm not feeling like pushing it too much with that, with COVID stuff, even though CDC says today, you know, we can, unmask outdoors if we're and indoors if we're vaccinated but still trying to be a little cautious um we're working on the circle magazine which should be out in a few weeks so writing some features there gathering class notes always fun to tell what other folks are up to um, and then really trying to put some time into homecoming a because i haven't done it for a year and i'm afraid i'm going to forget <laughs> something so i'm really trying to make sure all the details are down um, but also really wanting to try to make, I mean, homecoming is always special, but what can we do to make this coming home time really special? And so um, working on, you know, signage and things that just says welcome home, you know, ways to welcome alums back after a difficult year. I mean, we haven't had gold tigers now. It'll be three years, you know, by the time we do it again. And uh, so just trying to think through everything, through tunes, through homecoming, and just make sure everything is as special as possible. We are having some guests to campus. You know, it was just kind of like prospective student tours and things, um, but we have been taking down some plexiglass and taking up some stickers and making it more welcoming. And um, yeah, we just kind of got summer protocols. So if you came to campus, you know, you can tell me to put on a mask, but we're if we're all vaccinated and things here, you know, we're kind of enjoying not masking and seeing faces and hugging people we haven't, you know, been able to and just visiting. So it's been, it's been good, but yeah, campus is open and, and things are going well. Um, is there any like campus news or updates that would be fun that folks you could share with folks or anything they might be curious about? Yeah. So um, I don't know if many people know about the project we've been working on, on buying up a lot of property around campus. Uh, so that's been a neat project um, really trying to improve 
the entrance to campus, everybody knows Sonic, you know, from Sonic to Washtaw, uh, it just hasn't looked the best and kind of some abandoned properties, some overgrown properties. And so um, we've purchased almost everything from here to Sonic to Henderson to really try to improve campus and the look coming in, you know, from Dallas, when you come, you know, visit from Mm -hmm. your side of Arkansas, it'll hopefully look a little bit better in the coming years. Uh, Pediatrics. Arby's is always the first thing we see the big Arby's cowboy hat, you know, (laughs) that'll be good to get them, get them a little bit before that. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we bought up a lot of property, um, have plans for some of it, not for others. We're hoping to have some, you know, more green space that's just pretty and open and, uh, so that's been a, a big project. So um, we, you know, Pediatrics Plus opened their, you know, beautiful facility, basically like right on campus, right next, right by the First Baptist parking lot, um, you know, offering therapy services to kids and working with our ABA program here. And that's just been a huge blessing for us. It's, I mean, a beautiful facility, great people, and um, really fits our our vision of making a difference and helping people and it's right here on campus so that's been great Um, we've been starting to kind of share in a few venues that we're working on uh, some plans to build some brand new apartments in some of that area that we're that we've acquired Um, I think fundraising is kind of you know TBA so we're we're kind of working on it I think it um, hopefully will be approved soon by the board of trustees so we can get moving on it but uh, some of our properties are uh, I mean, some of these alums probably 50 years ago were, li- were living in those same apartment complexes we have, Starlight and Lancelot. And so those have served us well, but it may be time for them to you know, go off into the sunset and have some new beautiful apartment. So um, we've been sharing some renderings with some prospective students and talking to them about the future. So hopefully those will um, be able to be started somewhat soon. Um, the other things really are all kind of program related. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. working on some programs that we'll be able to announce soon that are waiting on some HLC accreditation. Um, The dietetic internship has been huge. We just awarded our first master's level certificate of any kind in 30 years this past weekend. Uh, Our our first class of ABA uh, students will graduate with their master's, I think, in August. So they'll walk next summer. But first graduate degrees, you know, in 30 years will be awarded. So that's really exciting. That class I think is doubled for the new incoming class. They come in a couple of weeks for orientation. I think there's 40 students in the ABA program. So that's just really exciting to me, you know, some fresh things. They're working on a master's in education. We used to have that back in the day. Um, there's lots of interest in that. So I feel like it's, you know, there will be some construction and some new things pop up. You know, we we planted I think 87 trees on campus over winter break and we lost a few in a storm, but they're beautiful, you know, all different kinds of trees to really improve campus. So, you know, you'll see little things like we have a new little patio. We, you know, freshened up the patio out the back of the student center. Um, But I feel like the growth you'll see soon is just new, new programs and, and ways to use existing programs in different ways. Which is exciting because I think that's been one of the things that Washtenaw's had. We've had niche areas, of course, with with uh, Christian studies. Um, our natural sciences have always had a great reputation. Um, of course, accreditation that business school has had, you know, helps bring students in. But uh, kudos to the academic team and Dr. Sell's leadership right 
now because some of those niche things that are coming are, I'm assuming, helping with uh, enrollment and just attracting new families and new academic areas. So that is super exciting. Um, what's the best way, maybe throwing you for a loop, catching off guard, but like, what's the best way as stuff like that happens for people to know um, how that kind of specific thing's happening? Is it uh, watching social? Is it paying attention to a news page? You know, how, how do people stay in the loop on that specific thing so they can stay educated to help share that story? Yeah, you know, back in the day, you just waited for your circle magazine to come and we do cover those things in the circle. Um, but yeah, as soon as a program is, you know, able to be launched, if it's something that everyone needs to know about, you'll get an email from us, you know, so keep your email addresses updated. Um, and then we'll share on the Washtaw, the big Washtaw alumni or the regular Washtaw Baptist University Facebook pages on those new programs. Um, so just as soon as we're able to recruit, you know, there's all these rules with accreditation. So the minute we can recruit for these programs, they'll be, you know, pushed out so everybody can send folks our way. That's really cool. Well, what are some other ways? And I'll ask this and maybe give your first answer for you. But like, what are some other ways that alumni can stay involved? I actually had an alumni friend ask me this recently, like, hey, you're on the board. What are what are ways we can stay involved? And I know like the one that everyone always dreads is saying, well, give. That's a great way to stay connected. But I, I personally do feel strong about that. And I think it is a great way for alumni um, to stay connected. You know, all of us we're on scholarships that someone else gave and we studied in buildings that had someone else's name on it. Um, you know, we enjoyed common spaces on campus and and all of those things. And I know that's because someone else set that up for us. So um, I know that, I know that's an important answer. And I guess we were just talking too about staying informed. Um, I know following social media, I just, I, I, it's been really fun the last few weeks, like on Instagram with how the media team is doing with sharing things like um, I've seen recently that like there's been a women in STEM involvement that our science area, I saw that the archivist was asking for like alumni stories, Mm -hmm. I think of COVID and like people's experiences. They were trying to make sure they build that. And then it looks like the last couple of weeks of school were super fun. I think I saw like a big party in the middle of campus. And did I see that Dr. Sells got inside of like bounce house? Tell me more. Yeah, the students were in there and they said, join us. And Dr. Sells will do anything for a student. I mean, he's like, where do I put my jacket? I mean, there wasn't like, (laughs) but he just hopped in there. I mean, that was, it was really fun. I mean, once we got the word that it was safe to unmask outside, you could just feel, I mean, literally the ability to breathe around here. Like we were able to see faces outside. We had, you know, in-person OSF induction, without masks in the amphitheater. I mean, just some really special moments. And then Dr. Sells really wanted to celebrate. And so we had this big crawfish boil and everything in the middle of campus. And I think they served, I mean, 17, 1800 people, all the faculty and staff and families and students were all there. So it was good. He's led us so well. I mean, the process of keep staying safe. You know, we didn't have a COVID case at all after the first part of March. I mean, it's been so cool, so good. And so leading us through celebration, leading us through a time of lamenting, you know, and then like archiving all of these stories. I think it's, he's just led us so well with the help of Dr. Clock and, you know, and that sort right. of thing. But yeah, it really has been a big, a big party. So it's fun to, to see all those, you know, stories. Yeah. It's just been fun to watch on social, even as students came to register, you guys had 
all kinds of photo ops. And I'm guessing maybe some of that will still be up this summer, but, um, and maybe that's a place to start, but just how do alums stay, you know, connected and informed and, and maybe even representing um, for, for campus. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the giving thing is so great and I appreciate you mentioning that and know that you're so faithful to help us out here as well. Um, but I will say, you know, they've answered the call in the middle of this pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. schools have closed, you know, so um, you know, Dr. Sell saying we need, you know, un- the cornerstone, you know, undesignated gifts. We need that like over and above what we've ever had before. Not only did we raise it, but we raised it earlier than ever before. I mean, I think we met our goal before Christmas or like before the end of the year. And that was really, you know, so helpful in being able to give scholarships to students and and help us really stay in a, in a good place. And so, you know, that's obviously important you know, we also want people to give to what they're passionate about. So, you know, if you love science, we want you to pitch in so that these students can go to these conferences and present their papers and do all this stuff. So that's been mm-hmm. good too. People have really invested in areas that they love. Uh, but I do think, you know, advocating for Talk, you know, wherever you live and whatever field you're in, just kind of being a, a voice for us uh, is, a, is a good thing. Staying informed and doing that, um, you know, hiring Washtaw students you know, it's been an interesting year because there weren't jobs because everything was closed or, you know, shut down in some way. And now there's so many jobs open and people trying to hire. And we're constantly calling alums and businesses and saying, we've got a great student, you know, they'd be great with your bank or your, you know, daughter's office or whatever. And so a lot of times we have a career fair, you know, we have it on campus and, you, you know, as an alum, you might be out there thinking, I don't hire for my company. So i wouldn't go, but going to your company and saying, you should really go here because these students are top notch. That's where I went. You should come or, you know, you should engage and hire students, I think is really helpful. Uh, So that's one way you may not think about, but just advocating for your business to hire Washtenaw students would be super helpful. Um, Shadowing opportunities, that sort of thing. We need that desperately in our growing natural sciences area, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we got people everywhere, dentists out there and, you know, doctors and places. So, um, otherwise they can be involved is just sending us updates. I think I put out yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. if you were married or had a baby or adopted kiddos or changed your job or, you know, anything, we want to share that in the circle, but also, you know, on social media and, and tell those stories. Uh, so that's a good thing as well. But really, I mean, I would love to see as many people come back for homecoming as possible. We were told to plan for an essentially normal homecoming in tunes. So everyone be, be Air quotes. <laughs> yes, everyone be essentially normal and come back to campus. So uh, that's September 30th through October 2nd. And uh, we would just love to see as many smiling alum faces uh, as possible. And that's what we're kind of aiming for at this point. Well, then that asks the like question probably everyone's most curious about, which is what about tunes in this fall? climate you know i mean i'm i've been told to be essentially normal so that's what we're planning for um you know dr cluck said he didn't think there will be you know distancing or anything at the time he told me maybe masking but probably you know probably not so unless some crazy variant pops up you know from somewhere random and and causes any problems we're planning on everything to be normal so clubs have already turned in their themes and songs and music and those are being Tracks are being created, you know, in the next couple of weeks, starting on that process. Um, our hosts have all been picked and 
uh, prepared and they'll come back to campus early and start working on tunes. So um, we're just planning a really, a really fun show. And, uh, you know, I always try to do something a little bit different and a little bit fun and I won't reveal it here, but um, the program is really going to be extra. So everyone's going to want to come and get uh, the tunes program for sure. Nice. Well, last year, Tunes was such a special um, time. It was different. You guys pivoted and were so creative with helping us have watch parties and stay connected in that tradition. Am I right that you guys were still able to meet your goal? I know um, students had to work really hard, um, but, and we're circling back to OSF, but what did that look like uh, as the academic year finished and scholarships or anything that you guys were able to do? I mean, we were scraping up money. I feel like we were going around <laughs> shaking couch cushions, but you know, we had this goal. We really wanted to meet it. And, you know, going into the, the fall, we thought there's no way. Our goal for Rewind was like we're like $10,000. Will we make any money? I don't know. And so, you know, to leave Rewind with, you know, $70,000 or something was really just incredible. I didn't know if people would get excited and competitive and all of that, but they did. And that really helped. And then, you know, our, our normal donors to OSF continued to give and uh, sponsors for tracks. You know, we did tracks in the fall, which was weird, but we wanted to try to make something fun outside for students. And uh, the donut fundraiser from Hertz, you know, really helped. <laughs> it didn't hurt. It helped. So we got some money it hurt. <laughs> from, from donuts. And I mean, even up to like the, you know, the day before induction, we really wanted to be able to share an induction that we met it. And literally, I mean, I was giving and Rachel Roberts was giving and we were matching, we we're calling different alums, you know, that were president of OSF and being like, give something and we'll match you. We just, we got to get there. And I mean, we, we got there right before induction and had a big party with, you know, cookies and stuff out there. So it's been good, but rewind, you know, won uh, a case ASAP mm. district award. And uh, we hear that there may be some good news being announced about nationals next week on Friday. So uh, we're really excited about that. And uh, just thankful that, to be recognized for pivoting, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. I, yeah. I told the folks from Case that um, have kind of been giving me some hints that there may be good news coming our way about nationals that I don't want to ever have to pivot again, but it was so <laughs> fun, you know, like let us not have to recreate everything again, but um, just, I'm so glad that it was a way for alums to engage. Our students still want to do watch parties and still want to come up with the box that maybe we, um, sell to alums because I use my homecoming budget to pay for all the boxes. Nice. <laughs> so now we'll have to find another way to fund it, but the boxes were so fun. So that's that. super cool. Well, and just you maybe even a donation, maybe you do a donation yeah. level and a pre show, but it was really cool to see. I know, I know having sat in some of those scholarship conversation meetings before that this year, probably as much as ever, people needed scholarships in a way that they could have not anticipated. So that's really special to um, kudos. And I'm glad, I'm glad y'all's work is being recognized um, maybe even nationally. So that's, that's really cool. Well, um, before we hit the fast wave fives, is there anything else from an alumni perspective that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure gets mentioned? Um, I don't think so. I mean, as you're running into families and, and uh, people that have college age kids just don't feel shy to mention Washtaw and uh, the great things going on here. I mean, there's a lot of great places kids can choose to be. And we always say like, this may not be the fit for you, but it might be, you know, too. So, um, you know, we'd love to have just as many students check us out as possible. We've been giving more campus tours than ever before. 
I think some schools might not have been able to, but I mean, we've been doing tours all day, every Saturday. I mean, we've, as if you want to come, we're going to meet you up here and come give on. you a tour. And, you know, I think because of being open and the way we handled everything well and all of our programs that are doing so well, I mean, I, I think we're set to have one of the biggest freshman classes in like 20, 25 years in the middle of yeah. the pandemic. So keep sending great students our way. Still a fantastic place here. So I think that'd be the one yeah. thing that we just really love for you to be constantly thinking if there's students, you know, and send them this way, bring them with you, bring them to tunes, you know? So yeah. That'd be well, and just tell those stories. I think that's one of the big things is just tell those stories and, I know my husband will often have visitors in his work office. That's where they will have meetings and his wash tall diploma is on the wall. And it often becomes a, just a point of conversation um, to people that are from Arkansas or Oklahoma or Texas, like whoever might be in there. And uh, it just starts, you know, oftentimes they have a connection, but at the same time, there's been opportunity to just say, well, what is that place? How do you say that name back to what you said earlier? You know, what is that? And so um yeah, just telling the story of this special place that we all get to call home. Yeah, a lot of um, people, you know, we did a campaign about how to say pronounce Washita, mm-hmm. and it was spelled out on the card like wash, like wash your clothes, and then an I and a you know T A W or something. And I was like, that's not how Heather Spruill wrote it on the card. <laughs> it was wash a with like a U H, you know. So I just kind of yeah. laughed. I'm like, Heather would not approve. That is not how she wrote it on my card, but. Right, right. Yeah, like maybe that's just a new, maybe that goes on the back of the admissions counselor's cards for this fall and uh, when they tour and get to do college. Well, I know you always end with this. I thought I would flip this on you as well and um, hit you with the fast fave five. And um, so, as you always say, it doesn't have to be fast. Just give us your answer. But who is from from your time as a student? Um, who was your favorite professor or somebody that stood out to you about campus? Yeah, I mean, so many. I I just had so many great professors here. But um, you know, I, I say a lot that Dr. Fuller, Dr. and Mrs. Fuller were obviously really instrumental in my life. And I, mean, I tell people he literally pulled me off a burning plane. So how can I not like you know say you're the most influential person in my life? Like I could have totally died. And he pulled me, you know, out of that, that singer's plane crash, but um, also just taught me so much about excellence that we can be excellent because we're Christians, not in spite of the fact that we're Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really is carried over into everything I've done. I mean, I want everything I do to be excellent and, you know, look great and be the best it can be. So um, he would definitely be probably one of the top there. And I think next I would say the roots, Jeff and Deborah root, you know, spent a ton of time investing in me and in Emily and in OSF. I mean, they were, you know, our advisors when we were doing OSF as students. And I mean, they taught almost every class in that communications area, you know, so just learned a ton from both of them. And it's so fun to be back on campus. Like we've gone to dinner with them and, you know, Emily was working here too. And we were like, we feel like we could be the roots. Like we're, you right. know, we have something to look up, you know, look up to, look forward to or whatever. Um, even though now, you know, Emily's working here in town for Taylor King, but um, just really, really enjoy seeing them, seeing them in town or at church or being um, part of their lives. So they're just really great mentors to us. Always in any of our careers, if we had questions or, you know, what should we do here? Should I make this job move? I mean, they were always an email or a call away. And uh, now they're just like 
you know, a hundred steps away. So I can ask them. Yeah. Anything yeah. yeah. Those are my you favorite. can see them face to face and ask them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to just call. What about your favorite spot on campus? You know, there's a lot of favorite spots. <clears throat> you know, I love JPAC because of tunes, obviously. I just hugged the curtain because, it, you know, when it opened, I was done. Um, but really, currently, my favorite spot really is the Tiger enclosure. Um, you know, whenever Phil was here, Phil Harden was here and, you know, oversaw the the fence and the protection of the Tiger, which was not in super great shape. And Phil had the only key to the Tiger. There was one key to that fence and Phil had it. And I called him the keeper of the tiger. And as he was retiring, when he brought me that key and said, I want you to be the keeper of the tiger. It was like the biggest, I mean, best day ever. You know, I just felt so much pride to be given that responsibility. And so still have the only key. He has a key ring with his face on it. So everyone knows (laughs) that's him. That's his key. And uh, so that's, that's really one of my favorite spots and all of campus. I mean, it's always been a beautiful place, but if you are even passing through and drive through here, I mean, today, even I'm walking through campus, it's just beautiful. We've added all the trees and the landscaping is just beautiful. Obviously the flag plaza is always beautiful. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I love the I love the tiger, but if you haven't been to campus in a while, swing through, it's just looking really great. Our facilities, people, you know, pour their hearts and souls mm-hmm. into this place and it, it really shows. Yeah. I remember um, when I worked at Washita, just hearing, the folks that worked on that that rose garden that's right there in front of Barry Chapel just saying like they knew that as students came to tour campus like that could be their first view of Washita and could hook them or not and so they they are great to always take so much pride in keeping that place what it is. And even um, there's not a ton of students on campus or things happening and it is like completely perfectly manicured. I mean like everything looks so awesome today. I'm like I'm the only one out here, you know, but yeah. it just looks great. Well, you maybe just need to go work at the neighbor's table a little bit more this maybe. summer. Maybe that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Although it'll be hot, so maybe not. <laughs> what about a favorite food memory in the calf? You know, I love food in general. And Chick-fil-A came when we were students. And I I mean, I really did eat almost every day at Chick-fil-A <laughs> as a student in those later years here. Um, but really, this is so random. But one of my favorite things in the calf was Saturday morning they had like some version of an egg McMuffin in in the calf. And it like, if you got up for breakfast, you could get that. And I think maybe even double cheeseburgers or this breakfast sandwich. And I don't know, it just was like a memory that I had. I love to get up on Saturday, like just late enough, you know, to be able to slide in and get that, um, you know, in a quiet calf on a Saturday. But um, everybody always says like steak and shrimp night with Walt and, those were great. Loved the tickets and all that, but I, I just loved a Saturday morning, you know, breakfast sandwich in there for some reason. Kind of weird. I love it. I love it. That's, that's what food does. It gathers us. And then we have these great memories. I can walk in that cafeteria and like, or the calf, I should call it. And like, there's like specific memories that come back to those scents and smells, you know, of places around that room. So. Yeah. And I love the events we would have like, late night breakfast or midnight breakfast. And, you know, mm-hmm. I can still remember just those long tables just build such community and you're all kind of in there together. And um, they would have like pure heart or one of the, you know, groups on campus sing and stuff. It was just like a special time. And, you know, that was in the old cafeteria. You know, I was going to say students now don't really understand. I did have waltz as well um, one year and uh, 
it is a very different experience walking into Waltz, like you said, with those big long tables versus the round tables and the big windows and everything you have now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really nice and it's getting some renovations this summer. And um, I mean, they just do such a phenomenal job with the food. I mean, senior dinner was over the top, you know, last week is just so fun. And uh, yeah, it's really weird. You can't find a wall to put anything on because it's windows everywhere, which is so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great spot. Yeah, that's so fun. Well, what about since you've returned back to Washita, what would you say is the work that you're most proud of? Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of things I've enjoyed, you know, working on. Um, I really just feel like homecoming and putting it together into the like schedule and event that works the best and, and creates a spot for everybody to create these memories has been one of my favorite things. Um, I think, you know, doing the the party on Friday, the Purple Plaza party, you know, it used to be you'd come the ease with like, sh- you know, shoe paint your car or the track guys would do something random. You know, there'd be different things all throughout the week at night and everyone's trying to do tunes and they're exhausted. So doing that one big party at lunch on Friday is so fun. And I always say like when I walk out there and the weather's beautiful and the pennant flags are flying and all the students are outside eating and there's a pep rally and all that, it just is like the best day. You know, I just love it so much. And, uh, and then tiger alley adding that to, to homecoming, which I think was your idea, Tiger closing that street and calling it Tiger Alley, I think was a, a Keisha Pittman brainchild. And it really has added so much, I think, to string those lights and close the road and have that big dinner there. Um, it really has become a tradition for a lot of people to have that meal together. You know, when you're sitting out there and having your dinner and there's a gnome next to you and crying on over here. <laughs> or whatever. It's just so fun because the students get to eat with their, with their meal plan. But um, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. You know, Keldon was worried it would be a complete disaster and cars would crash and everywhere because they couldn't get through that street. But it really did you know, turn out to be something really special. And now people close it, you know, lots of times for various things. So that's a that's a favorite thing. And then also just, you know, we, we really kind of have pushed OSF to raise that $100,000. I think when I got here, you know, there'd be years, it's like 50, 60, might be a low year, might be 35, you know, or something, but um, kind of making sure that we can raise that bar every year. And part of that was Joey Licklider, our friend, you know, making those pick a seat packs for tunes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really did, you know, help alums secure their seats every year, but also create a good bit of revenue that's really helped OSF uh, to be able to meet that goal. So the work I do with those students is so fun. And now we're, you know, taking them to national conferences and teaching right. other student foundations how to do it, like right. we learned from Baylor. So just the work I do with OSF is rewarding for me. And then, you know, hopefully for the students we're investing into. Yeah, it is. It is really fun to watch the work that you guys do get recognized. I mean, we're proud of you and I know your administration is proud of you, but it is fun to see those regional and national platforms pick up um, the special thing about OSF and it's hard to replicate, but to see them teach some of the things and those students um, get to go teach conference sessions and try to just explain how they're investing in their fellow classmates. It really is a unique, uniquely Washita thing. And that's what's so cool about OSEF. It's that's been their goal, you know, from the beginning is, is to do that and separate themselves from 
other places. Yeah, and paying it forward too. You know, we learned a lot from mm-hmm. Baylor when we started. And it doesn't look at all like Baylor's did at the time, and and ours has changed some too. But just being able to, you know, talk to a school in Virginia who's just starting out, and how can we raise scholarship money, and what can we do, has been really fun. But also just feels like something special for us to be able to do because somebody took the time to do that for us. You know to invest in us in a small organization to, to get started. So that's been fun. That's cool. Well, I'll end with this. Just like, what are you most excited about? I mean, I think we're all in a place with um, just things shifting and, and us being able to get out. And so I know your Enneagram seven over there is just like glad you can see people in their eyeballs and talk to them. So I'm sure all of that, but um, in your role at Washtaw, just like whatever, what are you most excited about with what's next? You know, I really think that I'm just kind of pouring a lot of energy and time into homecoming just because I want it to be mm-hmm. so great. And I really do miss seeing everybody here. And so that's really, really been kind of my focus. Uh, like I said, senior dinner was the first event I've been able to do in like a year. And it was like it, it exceeded all of my expectations and was the biggest blast ever. And the hula dancers and the, you know, lays overnighted from Hawaii. And it just was just a perfect time of celebration for this class that's like endured so much and, and uh, had a lot of uh, struggles with COVID. So that was a lot of fun. So now we're just really kind of looking towards welcoming everybody back, students and alums. And uh, it's really kind of an interesting summer. We don't have any camps. There's athletic camps, but super summer, they, you know, just didn't know how they could pull it off with coming out of COVID. So our JPAC director, Nick, called me yesterday and said, I'm ready to work on tunes. Normally you can't do that until the fall, but he has literally nothing else to do. So, you know, we were talking about lighting and fun stuff we could add and here's how we're going to open and here's the finale and, you know, working on all of that. And so we're all just excited to get back to some sense of normal and to welcome everybody home. That's super fun. John, thank you for just bringing the best of who you are to Washita, to your fun to um, not being satisfied with status quo, to challenging yourself with things and letting us benefit from that. This this has been podcast, the Washita and the Tiger for Life podcast has just been really special to hear these stories. And like I said, to see yourself in the story of these, these people who have a shared experience, whether you guys were at school together or not. So um, it's been fun. Thanks for letting us flip the mic on you today and sharing from your heart and getting to know John Merriman a little bit more. Well, hey, appreciate that. And uh, so thankful for you and Chris and your investment in this place. And so um, just thankful for you and so proud of all that you've done too. So maybe we'll flip it back and we'll get you on the pod oh. again. So <laughs> <laughs> thankful for you, friend. Thanks again for this one idea and for uh, helping us celebrate this uh, one-year milestone. Congrats. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes. Oh,